Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 442 Podcast. I'm Azerbeth Hardy, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Tommy Sondi. Good morning, guys. And the positively radiant Tony O. It's not a good morning. It's an early <laughs> morning. I cannot believe it is I am not an early morning. Come on, Tony. Excuse me? It is an early morning. This is a Thanksgiving Monday. I should be sleeping till and 11. What else should you be doing on a Thanksgiving sleeping, Monday than starting getting up and recording a podcast, right? Oh, my. Listen. Tony, 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 Tony. Uh-huh. Sleep is for the week. Exactly. You don't need Says to sleep. you. You are stronger than this. How many hours of sleep did you get, Jose? Look, I went to sleep at a reasonable time uh-huh. because the um, Kansas City-Buffalo NFL game was on a lightning delay and I couldn't be bothered to watch it anymore. Kansas City-Buffalo? Right? Okay. Yeah, you know, some NFL we, we are, things. We are, get, we are uh, pivoting to a different kind of football podcast. We are not. No. <laughs> I was going to say NFL Thanksgiving, but it's not American Thanksgiving, so it was just normal NFL, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Just, just, your, just your regular thing. You know, Josh Allen and his wonderful, wonderful ties. Um I'm so lost. You've lost me now, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gentlemen, there was no Premier League football this weekend, so um, do we just sign off? Do we just let Tony go back to bed? Is this what we're doing? That yeah, would Tony be would, wonderful. Tony would love that, wouldn't he? But yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to give... We're, we're here to make Tony suffer, so we're going to keep him. We're going to keep That's him true. Here. That, that is no allegedly why I've been put on this earth. There's no I, Arsenal to make fun of, so we need this. Listen, Uzair is suffering with me too. Tommy. Yeah, I know. I just... <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, the guys, last few weeks guys, have not guys. been good, and the next few weeks promise to be worse. Yeah, uh-huh. we're here. Um, how was uh, you know before we you know talk about anything football related? How was your weekend? Anything crazy happen? I coached a tournament on uh, on Saturday for Nepean Hotspurs. That was fun. We finished third. Kids had a blast. Uh, excuse, we got... me, excuse me, excuse me. Tony, do you coach a team with Hotspurs in the name? Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. I should have just... How does this make you feel? Uh, they were red, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew Becky came out, um, handed out the, uh, the awards for the kids. Uh, they had a lot of fun, so that was great. And then I went to a couple of uh, Thanksgiving dinners over the weekend. Um, yesterday's saw me go to bed at 3 a.m., so I'm on three and a half hours of sleep. And with lots of turkey, too. So And turkey's known to make you really sleepy, right? Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to eat less these days. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting to that stage where overeating is kind of... Uh, it does permanent damage. So. You know, you should you should try uh, intermittent fasting. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, that that way of um, kind of eating, but uh, oh it's 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 everything I feared. It's uh, we turned into Tommy's health blog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, yeah. no, actually, you know, it's just where you have um, a, a good spread out amount of time between like large meals, and honestly, it's uh, it's not too bad to be honest. That's what I do. Just yeah. my lifestyle makes me do that. Like on Saturday, I didn't eat until like eight p.m. So, yeah. At that point, I guess that's more or less fasting. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyone else do anything exciting this weekend? 
Honestly, nothing nothing nearly as exciting as intermittent fasting. No, no. So we we could have a you know a whole years worth of podcast about that, but uh, we won't. We don't want to. No, we will not do that to anyone. No. <laughs> no, no, gentlemen. There was some football on the weekend. Yeah, there were internationals. Who doesn't love a good international break? Yeah. Uh? Yeah, England v Andorra. That's what we're all here for. You Jane mean, Sancho, you guys, you guys didn't watch Jane and Sancho, two <laughs> I, assists. I figured I'd give I'm you that one. Note, <laughs> yeah. I'm taking note, Tony. I'm taking note. Does this count as game ten? Uh, sure. Two assists. <laughs> You're that desperate. Okay. <laughs> I am that desperate. I will take any good news I can. Uh, yeah. No, well, I'm didn't, not. Didn't take us long to get to Sancho, did it? Okay. Oh, <laughs> just want, just want to get that out of the way. Just want to get that out of the way. You know. He didn't score. Yeah, he got two assists. Your, your talk was always goals and assists. Yeah, the goals say. column is still zero. That's uh, okay. He's got two assists. Okay. As long as he's setting them up, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he can have it. You can have it. I, w- I will take it. I will take it. Yeah. You're not letting me have this. I am taking this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, should we move on to the internationals that actually mattered? Yeah. Well, I mean, as much hey, as this any one, of them, this do. one at least kind of matters for me. Well, I guess it doesn't matter for me, but. England's in the same group as Poland, and um, you know Poland beats uh, the great San Marino five nil. How many uh, goals did Lewandowski score? You know he didn't play. He didn't play. They, oh. I will say though, San Marino did get a shot on target, uh-huh. <laughs> and it was also is, was, is is that is that why Lucas Fabianski retired? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great he, could, he, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't bear shot. the embarrassment of San thing. Marino getting a shot on target. It was a. It was a good send off for uh, uh, Lukas Fabianski. Um, Kupa came out. Piszczek came out to um, kind of just pay their respects, uh, and it was a little touching. It was definitely very emotional. Um, and yeah, he's been a great. He's been a great player for the national team, and he's gonna. He's still gonna focus, of course, with West Ham. And Wait, Fabianski. How many caps does he have? You know, there was a period of time where him and, you know, uh, Shoshini were just kind of swapping games. I'm noting so. how Tommy has completely skated around the question. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, mean, I don't know the answer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 57 Straight cups. into the excuses. But, uh, 57 yeah, cups. The, thing oh, is, wow. the thing is it sets up a pretty much a do-or-die situation for Poland. Um, they have to win their their match this this coming week to get second place in the group and that will only get them into a playoff for the world cup because only the top team gets automatic um promotion to world cup which is england at the moment or uh, england no matter what um so yeah i'm it's gonna, gonna be, be honest having watched poland at the last two tournaments i'm not sure i want to see them in the world cup uh you know i i can just see us um you know and whenever we come to a match where we have to win, we always shit the bed. And it's going to be like a Krikoviak uh, back pass. He's going to get a red card. Um, you know, maybe Lewandowski gives us hope <laughs> and uh, gets a late goal. And then uh, that's it. We're out. So I am. I don't have any hopes of us making it. Tony, Tony, we we found yeah, we found exactly. what we need. Exactly, we need Poland talk. Every <laughs> single Poland talk week. to set me back. Yeah, yeah, it is. Trust me, it's drag Tommy back down to our level. Mm-hmm. It is definitely depressing to uh, be a Poland supporter, especially nowadays. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say one theme that uh, is not 
nearly as upsetting to support as Poland is France. Um, Nations League champions, 2021. Yeah, the prestigious Nations League trophy. Um, uh, what What does that mean, by the way? What does, what does anything mean <laughs> in an international? So they've break, won Tommy? the Nations League. What What are they? Did? It's just uh, it's such they a get, title. They get a They get a nice little trophy, trophy? that okay. looks a little bit like the Europa League trophy. Okay. And um, it's the Europa you know, Conference. It's a, it's a Europa League. It's a Europa League tournament. Oh, no, so it's the Europa we're, Conference. We're, Europa Conference tournament of international. Football. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Spurs are Spurs are applying to be able to <laughs> play in it right away. Then. Eh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the games were actually fun. The France Belgium game was well, fun. I mean, look at look at the four teams that were involved in the semifinals. Like those were four very good teams. Yeah, France, Italy, Spain, and Belgium. I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two nil. Well, the three two win. Uh, who scored the? I can't remember who scored for Belgium. Now was it Carrasco? Carrasco and Lukaku, right? Yeah, Lukaku got. Oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, Lukaku's goal was brilliant, actually. Yeah, very nice right turn. Yeah, he roofed it as you would at the near post, but uh, France got back in it straight away. Now I can't remember who scored for France. Benzema. It was Benzema, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what? Benzema's been scoring like crazy, so yeah. it's a uh, safe bet. It was him. Yeah, and then I can't remember who scored the second goal, but ultimately. Oh yeah, the Theo Fernandez winner. Yes, yeah. that was wild. That was a great goal, and uh, yeah, France. I don't know when I watch their games these days. It just looks like, yeah, it looks like basketball. Just <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. But somehow France always end up coming out on top. So yeah, I mean, point. in a game that has um, but, that but, much but. back and forth, it's usually the talent that'll win out. Yeah. Like which team has a better attacking talent, and I don't think there's an international team that has more attacking talent than France. I mean, you say that it doesn't work for United, does it? But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. France have a better midfield than we do. Yeah. It's back and forth, but there's some kind of base to build off. Yeah. Um... No, France wishes they had someone like Fred to put in there. They would. No. <laughs> no. No, they don't. No. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mbappe scored the equalizer against Belgium from the penalty spot. So, yeah, um, that was fun. And then they had they played the final yesterday, which sprung to life um, against Spain in the second half. Uh, Ozayaba for Real Sociedad scored the first goal. That was a really, really good take against uh, Opamecano. I was quite surprised he was able to muscle his way past him in a clinical finish but Karim Benzema's goal right after oh it's an absolute sensational beauty. top corner spoiled a little bit by the keeper getting a touch I don't like it when that happens <laughs> just yeah just let, let it you know, go in but you know just clean strike like a, like a protect, on a protect the sanctity of the shot yeah if you're not gonna <laughs> save it at least let it go in clearly. yeah <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, Mbappe eventually scoring the winner, controversially. Um, I don't know how that's not given as offside. Uh, yeah. It's just baffling refereeing. Yeah. Just yeah, For we were... those who haven't seen the goal, um, a ball is played in behind the Spain defense. And Mbappe is like a full 
uh, step or two offside. Mm-hmm. But Eric Garcia goes to cut out the pass, uh, makes a mess of it, admittedly, yeah. because when he should be going with his right foot, he goes with his left, yeah. which means the ball just kind of bobbles off him. But the referees uh, later explained that because Garcia played that ball, it started a new phase of play and counted as a back pass. Yeah. When everything from his body language to the way he went for the ball suggests that he was trying to intercept the pass, and it was just like an unfortunate like bobble off him that led to the ball going through to Mbappe. And it's a challenge he would not have made yeah. if Mbappe hadn't run in behind. So, um... Yeah, that's the key bit, right? What like, the he, fuck? He's, Mbappe's influencing play, despite being in an offside position. It's like the goalkeepers who... Um, complain that their view was obstructed when a player is offside. You know, yeah. it's the exact same thing. You don't have to actively challenge to influence play. But, uh, yeah, Mbappe took it well. Um, it's about the only good thing he did in the game. He's kind of been all over the place when it comes to France. Uh, earlier in the week, he was moaning about how nobody came to comfort him after he missed the penalty. Oh no, Mbappe moaning again and again. Yeah, he's taking a... I don't know, he's looking like the diva in the PSG team at the moment. Yep. That takes some doing with. Uh, (laughs) You know what? That's impressive. That's hard work. And we commend him for that. Like, it can't be easy to stand out as a diva in that dressing room. Yeah. You really have to try to set yourself apart. It takes a lot of commitment. When is it Neymar and... Cardi's in there. I mean, even in the front squad, standing out as a diva, and that's impressive as well. I know, you've got Griezmann in there. He's got Pogba the biggest in there. diva of all of them. got Pogba in there, Griezmann, Benzema's in there now, but no, it's all about Mbappe. But hey, if he keeps scoring winners, they'll put up with his nonsense. But, um, yeah, I'm just glad Benzema's back in the front squad, and Giroud's not going to break Henry's record as the Oh, so so disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Wait, how far France, was he France are it? not the same without Giroud. Uh, I mean, they are winning now. So, how far is he? They from, won. They from won. The record, they won a World Cup with Olivier Giroud. Yeah, he had no shot on target. But Yet he won the World Cup. He's beautiful. Um, He's a distraction. I think Giroud, every team needs one. But wait, how far was Giroud from the record? I think he might have been like five goals away. Oh, okay, so very doable. Yeah, but he's never. And honestly, again. with his uh, with his like uh, goal scoring record and like qualifiers and stuff, he would have probably broken it too. Yeah, if they didn't get Benzema back. I was yeah. getting I was getting stressed. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's five goals away. He's the second highest behind Henri. Uh, Giroud on forty six. Henri on fifty one. So, yeah, well done. Look, bring back Giroud. Um, how many World Cups does Benzema have? Is all I have to say. <laughs> He might have one next year. Uh, no, no, no. Not unless they bring Giroud along. <laughs> in which case, we'll all know who really influenced them from the bench. Okay. Anything else? Well, nah. Well, it wasn't there. Didn't Canada play? Canada <laughs> did have a couple of qualifiers. Yeah. One phenomenal result against Mexico. A 1-1 draw. Yeah. That was... And then, like, kind of soured by the nil-nil draw with Jamaica not, yesterday. Not kind of. Absolutely solid. Like, they... Jamaica have not won a single game in qualifying. Uh, they're on two points, and Canada are responsible for one of those, which is disappointing. The Mexico game, the 
Canada-Mexico game was actually a really good performance. Like, um, I was surprised at how much they were able to take the game to Mexico, especially in the first half. Um, they weren't discouraged by falling behind. They kept going, and um, yeah, they fully deserved the point. I think having a player like Alfonso Davis in the team that plays for Bayern Munich, it, it helps in situations like this because it gives them confidence that uh, maybe they do have the quality to make an impact in these games. He got another assist in a big game. Should have scored earlier on. Um, I think it was uh, was it Osorio that scored for Canada? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it's a really, really nice finish after a really intelligent pass by Alfonso Davis. And yeah, they they even had chances to win it, but they'll take the point. They're in but, what third place right now? No, well, they're in. They're they're, so they're in fourth, fourth place ah, because yeah. Panama managed to pull off an upset. Yeah, against that's the a US. huge upset. Yeah. Um, so the way uh, the qualifying works is the top three qualify automatically. Fourth place goes to a playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, when this uh, qualifying round kicked off, I was hoping Canada would tr- would sneak into that fourth spot. But, I mean, third place is right there. They're only a point behind. They need to start turning these draws into wins. Yeah. Well, how, how many games would do they have left in the qualifying? They can't be much. Uh, I think there's actually like a fair few. Oh, yeah, they've only played still, five. Still a few, yeah. So who, if they finish fourth um, and go into playoff against what? Um, against who would they be playing? What section of um, or like? Uh, I have no is idea. It, is it against uh, like a, a place in Asia? I, I'm I, I would, Asia, I would, yeah. I would hope, I would hope that it's yeah, against, I think um, it's not against South America. Is yeah, my hope. that would be because if it's against any of the South American oh, teams, right. I don't yeah. think they stand a chance. It could um, be, it could be, yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it might be Asia, Tommy. Okay, so, I was thinking Hong it was Kong. yeah, the, yeah, Asia. Yeah, okay, that makes sense um, too. Canada's um, next game is on Wednesday, and they play Panama. Ooh, that is that is a yeah. massive, massive massive game because if you win that all of a sudden you have a two point gap between third and fourth is it? and if they lose uh, for Canada in Canada's favor and if they lose that then they're starting to get cut adrift because you can't expect the US and Mexico to drop too many more it is in Canada is in Toronto um, uh, yeah uh, BMO yes Fields, it yeah. is yeah, it's a big game. Seven thirty PM. You gonna go? You gonna go? Yeah, I have, I have, I have, I have a football game that day, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, may, might see. Um, if anyone from that team is listening to this podcast, uh, don't listen to this bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I'm committed to my teams. I swear. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Well, good luck, Canada. Hopefully, they. They bounce back from a disappointing draw against Jamaica and can get their second win in qualifying. They're one of, yeah, they're other than Mexico, they're the only other team that's unbeaten, but they have four draws and one win. So, like you said, they need to start turning some of those draws into wins because at, at this rate, the draws are doing just as much damage as, uh, as if they were losing. So, good luck against Panama. Hopefully, they can sneak. Maybe sneak a one or two nil victory, and uh, honestly, if if they can win that, you know, yeah, we can start believing. 
Yeah. Wait, that was uh, that's Wednesday night at six thirty. You said. Yeah. Seven thirty. Oh, 11.30. Seven. Oh, seven thirty. Okay, yeah. you know what? Yeah. You remind know. Tommy. Remind me which one of the two of you is on three hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's noted though. Good to know. Uh, um, you know, I think it's uh, be able to watch that one and support uh, support Team Canada. Yeah, my coaching schedule is easing for the next week or so, so I might be able to watch that as well. All right. Moving on. Well, in in the absence of um, Premier League football this weekend, um, we thought we'd do a little bit of a uh, check-in on some big stories going on around Europe. Um, do we want to start off with uh, Italy? What? Let's let's see what's going on in Syria. Tommy. Yeah. Why? Why don't we? I think Italy is one of the. Uh kind of the more open leagues that we have in Europe's sort of top five leagues. I know that in the premiership, you know, there's, you know, Liverpool, City, Chelsea kind of all vying for that title. Um, I like how we're not just mentioned anymore. No. And it's perfectly valid. It's valid. <laughs> but it hurts. And I had to throw in a, I had to throw in a Chelsea yeah, uh, praise at that's some what point. That in was. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We're just going to, we're just going to be bringing up Poland randomly. Oh, on no. Now, oh, so. no. That's... There's my Achilles heel. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, it's uh, with Juve struggling, as as we all have um, have seen. It. They, they, they've picked it up recently, but they had a rough start to um, to the start of the season. They, they're playing awful, but they've picked it up. They have now have three wins in a row to kind of get bounced up at the table. I've of course been following Roma since they've hired Mourinho. And um, being a fan of Mourinho, of course, uh, unlike you two, <laughs> I and, kind of follow. Uh, and every other decent football <laughs> following fan, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. He's been beaten into submission by watching Polish football. This is all he has. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had a good, uh, a fantastic start this season. Um, and uh, Mourinho was doing really well. He's he's kind of made that team into a workhorse. Um but what's what's funny about it is uh, he l- kind of let go of. Uh, you guys remember Pedro, of course, ex Barca, ex Chelsea player, yeah. was at Roma, um, kind of isolated from the squad, and then they had the great um, Rome derby. And guess who scores against uh, Mourinho's Roma? None other than Pedro gets a brace, and it was a fantastic game. Um, 3-2 end up winning for Lazio, but it's just a fantastic match. And, uh, yeah, I would say Roma in general have been playing pretty good football. High intensity um, and just a great start. For all the talk about Roma, <laughs> it is Napoli that well, lead well, the table. Was, hey, They've we're, won we're get, seven out of seven. We're, we're getting to Napoli. No, no, no. Mourinho does not get to take <laughs> this headline. This is Napoli's time. Yeah. No more. <laughs> I mean... Napoli, yeah, fantastic start. And you have Eason, even AC Milan are undefeated at the start of the season as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that is mainly from the Giroud effect. Um, oh, of course. Of course. I, I, it's hard you sign Giroud and that, yeah. you prosper. It's how this works. Yeah. And he, even Inter, um, given all their uh, off-season struggles with financially losing Conte, losing Lukaku, they lost Hakimi to PSG. Um, yeah, they lost a fair amount of kind of players. Um, they've signed Jacko, 
from Roma. Um, definitely not the most inspiring of signings, you think, after going from Lukaku, but he's actually been scoring. And, I mean, he's been in Syria for a while now, um, playing with Roma, I think, uh, ever since he left City. Uh, so that was, a, that was a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, he's been doing really well, and Inter are also undefeated. So the league is pretty... I mean, it's pretty open. You can't imagine Napoli is going to keep that winning streak going for too long. Eventually, will slip up. And it, Syria is exciting. I say you look at Napoli, you look at AC, you look at Inter, you look at Roma. Once Juve kind of figures things out, even Lazio, it's a pretty open table. Where well, I mean, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to um, figure out who your top six or seven finishers are going to be and what order they're going to finish in in Syria. I'm anticipating a Champions League top four battle like to the end. I think last year was like that as well, right? Um, Where it kind of came down to the last couple game weeks. So it's safe to assume that's going to be like that again. And that's awesome. Um, I think if anyone is, uh, hasn't been following it or I am kind of, kind of been on the wayside, I say definitely tune in and kind of follow the league because it's it's very exciting when you have um, a bunch of teams that have a legitimate shot of you know finishing at the top or finishing in the top four and that sort of thing i predict juve will finish in the top four at roma's expense at roma's expense yeah Yeah, allegri is back in there and uh he's finally starting to click with the team so it wouldn't surprise me if juve like if we're starting to look at Juve Renaissance. So yeah, they got a they got a good result against Chelsea in the Champions League, where yep, they they played brilliant. well defense, and that's Allegri's teams, right? Yeah, yeah. They play really well defensively. They listen to him, and it, it's taken him a, a little bit of time to get that. Yeah, but I think his players are now starting to kind of get attuned to his philosophy, his style of play, and yeah, that's they, honestly. They, as long as he keeps getting the best out of Federico Chiesa, exactly. oh, he'll do yeah. well. Chiesa, Chiesa is one of my favorite players. Ridiculous. Football, yeah. yeah. So. I think he was talking about trying to make him into uh, just a number, the classic number nine. Um, he's two-footed. He's two-footed. He's a good finisher. Um, just, he's so deadly playing out, coming out from the wings, cutting inside as well on either side, right? Yeah, he's a force of nature, Chiesa. Yeah. Love watching him play. So, yeah. That's my prediction. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I mean, I I can't argue with Juve coming into top four. Uh, Roma's expense. I mean, yeah, Napoli, AC, and Inter are all strong. Yeah, honestly, it's not. Uh, it's it, it's a, it's a it's a fun league to yeah, watch. It's a fun league. Yeah. But, but do uh, we want to move on to France um, next? Sure. Another fun league. Is this where six teams are vying for the title as well, Tony? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> Only one team. Um, <laughs> before the last round, PSG were 8-0 in terms of uh, wins, but they did lose to um, Rennes last, uh, in their last fixture. So, Excuse me, Tony. Could you pronounce that yeah, again? That's not how you say it, Tony. Uh, Rennes. Rennes. There we go. Yeah, oh, there we go. Your R's. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so um, that was after they played Man City in the Champions League. Um, I don't know if the effects of the exertions in that game um, were taking were taking the toll on the players, but the real story really has been that front four, I want to say, um, with 
Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi, it's not really clicking. They all just look like a bunch of individuals out there. Um, Messi's more... I mean, he's always taken on the mantle as a playmaker, but he doesn't really seem to be getting into goal-scoring positions. And um, it's something Pochettino's going to have to fix if he wants to get the best out of that team because he's the best finisher of the lot, as we saw against Man City with his yeah. brilliant goal. So, um, yeah... Uh, Lille are having a bit of a down season after winning the league last year. Um, Jonathan David is still scoring the goals. Yeah, he's, he's top got score- he's top six goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canada's very own Jonathan David, but um, yeah, they're struggling in in eighth place at the moment. Although after a rocky start, they've bounced back recently with three wins in a row. So um, yeah, uh, Marseille. I keep an eye on the just you know checking up on the progress of Saliba and trying to see if Genduzi can make something of his career. Uh, they've they had a really good start to the season, but they've struggled of late with two losses and a draw in the last three games. So, yeah, I don't really know where the competition is going to come from this season for PSG. I don't think there's going to be any competition. No, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of telling that um, PSG have eight wins from nine and no one else has more than five. Yeah, I mean, Lyon lost uh, Memphis Depay to Yeah, it's to a huge Barcelona loss. And that they, have, they don't seem to have replaced his goals. Um, and they can't keep the goals out as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weak league this season, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if anyone can step up and put in a title challenge, but I don't see it happening this season. I think PSG will comfortably win the league. And, um, yeah, the real test for Pochettino's um, team is going to come in the Champions League. So far, they've made a decent start of... Well, did they draw against Genk? They drew against Genk, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, didn't they? Wasn't it a a, nil-nil? It was a a 1-1. I think it might have been a 1-1. I'm not sure. Uh, I can do a quick check. Da, 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 da. I think it was Club Bruges. Oh, was it Bruges? I don't know how to pronounce their yeah, name. Yeah, you're right. It was Is it Bruges, Bruges or Bruges? Bruges? I think yeah. that's how you say it, yeah. Yeah, it was Club Bruges, yeah. Um, Bruges. Have, maybe, our maybe our, our to, apologies uh, to all the Belgian football fans yeah. out there. <laughs> I wonder if they're saying, you have to roll your R's in that one as well, or I don't know. <laughs> Tony, could you please do the honors? Uh, Bruges, nope. no, that didn't come no. out. That did not come out. <laughs> no work. <laughs> yeah, um, they actually have a player I really like. Uh, he plays like Neymar, uh, Neil Lang, their number ten. He, play, you can see that he models his game off of Neymar. But anyway, we're not talking about um, the Belgian league. We're talking about France. So, yeah, uh, PSG. Look, their season always comes down to pretty much. Three or five games: the Champions League quarterfinal, Champions League semifinal, and then the Champions League final. That's where you get judged. Last season, Pochettino blew his chance to actually get his first trophy as um, his first major trophy as a manager by not winning league on. We'll see. He has no excuses this year. Wait, didn't didn't he win? Didn't he win the French Cup or something like that? Nope, they lost that as well. Oh, oh did they? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. 
you love to see it. Yeah. yeah. I do love to see it. It, it warms the heart. As well. Yeah. So it is all on, um, yeah, it's all on them to, if they can't win the Champions League this time around with this squad, yeah, there's Bobby, no hope. Especially with, especially with uh, Mbappe probably on the move in the summer. Yeah, probably going to Real Madrid. He's, he's, he's been okay, but I mean... It, if, nine uh, goals, nine games, and he has what four or five goals. It's not exactly blistering. If you had to, standard. if you guys had to pick your your favorite to win Champions League right now, who would you pick? Mm. I mean, I would, the I would say temptation is I would to say, say Bayern, Bayern, or yeah. PSG. Mm. I, no PSG, no. They will find a way to screw it up. I mean, it's yeah. I agree. I look forward to it, yeah. but I also expect I expect the worst possible outcome, which is um, other than Liverpool or City winning the Champions League, would be PSG winning it. Yeah, I think Liverpool. Honestly, I think Liverpool. Yeah, if I would pick just one team, I would say Liverpool. City will find a way to mess it up as well. Pep will probably put um, Phil Foden at left back. So yeah, <laughs> I. Yeah, I'm I mean the, I'll go the, Liverpool. The only, Look, the so, only. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you need your creativity from the left back position. Who is more creative than Phil Foden? Yeah. Um, Phil, Foden. Phil Foden at left back, Bernardo De, Silva at right back. De Bruyne at centre back. No, De Bruyne and exactly. Net. De Bruyne and net. Exactly. De Bruyne and net. Oh, yeah. you don't want Kyle Walker in there? No, Kyle Walker striker. Trash striker. Yeah. <laughs> get 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 in behind from those uh, long De Bruyne balls. Yeah. All right, um, um, gentlemen. Nice like Mbappe, enjoy? we're going to be moving from France to Spain. Mm. Very well done. The uh, the biggest story in Spain right now is Barcelona. They are currently what ninth in La Liga after uh, that wait, horrendous it, summer it, that they had. Is it, I yeah. think I think you have to pronounce that. I think it's Barcelona. You don't really Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Perfect, sir. Barcelona are ninth in the Liga. Why is um, that a TH, by the way? Anyway, you know what? No, we're just going to move We don't on. question it. Yeah. We don't question it. Um, they also lost their first two Champions League games without registering a shot on target. And I believe they considered three goals in each of them. It's just... Jesus Christ, it's a shit show. Like, Kuman is actively fighting with the board. Kuman is actively fighting with the players. Kuman might actually be fighting with Kuman in a bit of a fight club kind of scenario, but it's just chaos over at Barcelona. Gentlemen, isn't this fun? Oh, trust me, I'm loving every part of this, especially if you're uh, knowing uh, the Chelsea Barca history. Um, in a certain certain game from uh, Champions League semi-final. It's a fucking mistake. Yeah, uh, uh, a scar no, for life. I will no, never forget that. I will never forget that yeah. that fucking game yeah, <laughs> ever. It's a but uh, seeing seeing yeah. Barca struggle now, um, and not just obviously on the pitch, but just how absolutely terribly run they've been off the pitch. Um, their previous board like spending ridiculous money on these players. Like Dembele and um, Coutinho, these guys don't even play. The Griezmann, 
I, I don't even get the Griezmann thing to be honest. Um, they they loaned him in for what two or three seasons at a cost of I don't know how how much did it cost to send him back like oh my to Atletico like Atleti paid what forty mil something like that. Yeah, was, so they very, basically yeah. it's basically like a sixty seventy million dollar uh, pound actually yeah. uh, rental for a couple of seasons that were not good seasons. Nope. So is Griezmann on a loan to buy? It's a no, uh, it's yes. a, like a it's yeah. a loan with an obligation. Obligation to buy. to buy, yeah. Okay, yeah. They Barcelona is a heartbroken club. Basically, they don't know what they they don't know what to do without Messi. Honestly, it's funny because Messi looks like a heartbroken player playing at PSG. <laughs> but um, they've just built their entire team, their entire club around the fortunes of one man. And I mean, we've been saying for a long time that you cannot plan to put your entire fortunes on the performances of a guy who's aging anyway and won't be around forever. Like, there was no real succession plan. They kept, I mean, they looked at Ansu Fadi, um, Pedro, um, no, not Pedro, Pedri. Um, they tried to They've replace got, Suarez there's with Griezmann. There's a, there's a I, bunch I, of, like, yeah. good young players around in there. Like, you mentioned Ansu Fati, Pedri. Um, I think you had uh, Gavi, who just yeah. started for Spain, yeah. who's only 17. So there's... Good young talented players there, but there's no mess. But the yeah, <laughs> the, no well the supporting pieces that they've got around it now are, frankly, they're crap. Yeah, they. I don't recognize the team. I I watched them against Benfica, and it's just like. I mean, even before the red card, they just look lost. I don't know what they're trying to do in terms of the way they play. Um, yeah, I mean, I I actually kind of like Barcelona because they historically they've given us Ronaldinho they gave us the 2019 when they beat Manchester United in the Champions League final and then again honestly their their 2011 team was better than their 2019 that 2011 team might be the best team I've ever seen uh, I, I mean I don't know that I agree wait 2011 se. was still pep Right? Yeah, they yeah. were both okay. Pep. I think, well, 2009 was more fun. You're probably right that 2011, they were more dominant, although they did Yeah, win. that's that's probably what, what the... So, in 2019 like, thinking was back the, to those finals, the 2019, I felt we had a chance again. You did? Really? Because wow. I felt we had a chance against them. The 2011 team, I didn't feel like we had a chance. So, the 2011 team was when you equalized, right? But yes. then, yeah... The 2019, you, against you, the you didn't have a shot after the fifth minute. <laughs> so. And I and I still felt like we had a better chance against them than the 2011 team. Okay, I didn't think you had a chance at all. But anyway. <laughs> and I don't think I think the rest of the world didn't think you had a chance against Thierry Henry, Samuel Eto'o, Lionel Messi, Xavi, Iniesta. I mean, Yaya Toure. Oh man, you you the, mentioned those the names. The 2011 team was still better than that. And that's no. I'm not saying that the 2019 was not good. The 2019 was the best team in the world at that point, mm. and then they got better. Is yeah, what I'm saying. But the point is, look at the names we're listing. I mean, 2011 was David Villa. I mean, Pedro, Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. Yeah, and then v- look at the, look at the names you're going to list now. Now, I mean, Eric w- Garcia. 
Is I is Luke De Jong in the team? Luke De Jong is in yeah, the team. Luke De Jong oh. is in the team. Jesus, Luke De Jong, uh, Braithwaite is in the team. Um, yeah, where's the Stardust? I mean, Testegen, he looks like he's checked out. I, yeah. Been, yeah, I can't blame him honestly. It's just like what on earth is I mean, in that, front of me? That's a team also that's scarred from you know. Remember that they dropped the a huge lead to Roma. Bayern. Remember, it's like three 0 up, and the second leg they lose. Right, they lost that. They blew it to Liverpool, Liverpool right? There's so many scars in that team. Like, I just say that I'm just thinking the mentality overall in that club, just not good. Yeah, they're they're a bit lost. But let's move on from bashing Barcelona. Yeah. There are other teams in the league. Real Madrid are I mean, looking are looking decent. I mean, we, we need to give Benzema praise. Yeah, yeah, he's. He's in the form of his life, really. Um, I mean, we mentioned the goal that he scored for France, but he still... Is he the top scorer in the league? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. In the um, eight games, so Madrid had five wins, two draws, and a loss, he has nine goals and seven assists. Seven assists. That's that's some insane goal contribution from Benzema. Uh, even Vinicius Jr. is at five goals. So, I mean, you have two. Vinicius is one guy that, you know, he needs to step up after. I think he had a pretty poor um, last season. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, was it in a Champions League? Was it a halftime where Ben Smith was caught saying, guys, don't pass the ball to Vinicius or something? Yeah, like that. You guys remember that? Uh, yeah, so I. Uh, but he's, he's turned he it said around. He's and playing now, against us. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. playing. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. But now they've actually formed a, a good partnership, and and Vinicius is now actually producing with goals and assists. So, but again, Benzema, that's uh, he's aging like fine wine. Um, yeah, and strikers are it. peaking later. It seems They're, it is. It's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have Lewandowski, um, who is I believe is like thirty-two now, and you can arguably say he's the top player in the world. I mean. In terms of uh, what he's won and what he's what he's doing um, with Bayern, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, Tommy absolutely <laughs> loves Lewandowski. He's his favorite player of all time. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, you know, a shout out to uh, a shout out to um, you know his uh, his team as well, Bayern, who have started off the season. No, nope. they kind of start off a bit shaky. We're doing La Liga. Are... We're doing La Liga. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> you agreed on this beforehand. Yeah, you yeah, talk yeah. about La Liga. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Just so he couldn't shoehorn Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, you're right. Strikers. I mean, even uh, we mentioned uh, in Italy, Jeco. I believe he's yeah. got already. He's got five goals this start of season as well. Um, Ronaldo yeah, still looking decent. Zlatan still looking yeah. decent. Yeah, striker Jamie Vardy. Like, Vardy as well. Yeah. Like back when I started watching football. The common consensus was by the time you were 31, 32, you were on the way down. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the case for strikers anymore. No, no, it's not. They As they get older and more experienced, they're more conservative with their energy. Their movement gets better. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting trend. But uh, yeah, Benzema is in the form of his life. He's Ever since Ronaldo left, he's just gone from strength to strength at Real Madrid. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of Madrid's games are late like late winners um like they're not going through games but they're they're really coasting as much um they're not like i wouldn't say they're the ones that i at least that i've seen is they're not like dominating matches 
Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these goals are coming late. But then again, that's that's also kind of a good sign sometimes when you can put up uh, th- those results. Um, but it, it does look like it's going to be. I don't want to. Real Sociedad are up there as well. So it's three three way tie at the top. I still think it's the two Madrid sides that are probably going to be the ones vying for the title come May. Yeah. Yeah, it's I hard to so. really argue against that, but uh, yeah, Sociedad are are up there as well. So they're all three are tied on seventeen points, and given even Barca their struggles, they're at twelve points with a game in hand. There, I mean, no one's really running away with this league just yet. I, it's early days, of course, um, but yeah, it's hard to uh, see any the title going to a team outside of Madrid this season. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree. Let's not forget Atletico are the holders right now. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I actually I wonder because I, I haven't seen much of Atletico play. They got Griezmann in. They have Felix. They have Suarez. Is um, are they playing a bit more of attacking Brandon football now? Nope. Nope. It's Absolutely the, <laughs> not. It's the same old Simeone I, style. Same Simeone style. Okay. Tried El Cholo. El Cholo would be in. Insulted that you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. His uh, his reign at Atletico has been phenomenal, and honestly, I think I think they're going to edge out Madrid this season. They have a chance. They have a strong squad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be one of the two of them, and my money's on Atleti. Look from. From uh, Simeone's regime to Mike Ashley's. Mike <laughs> Ashley is finally gone. What a transition. <laughs> <laughs> one legend to another. Yeah, yeah one... Uh, I was going to say one oppressive ruler to another, but um, <laughs> I might be a bit too on the nose. Gentlemen, there is one bit of Premier League news this week, and it is the bit of Premier League news. Mike Ashley is no longer the owner of Newcastle United. Newcastle are now 80% owned by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Newcastle United are the richest club in the world. Yeah. Just like that. That's amazing. For, um, for, for, to put it into context, um, Man City's owners have an estimated net worth of about $23 billion. Uh, mm. Newcastle United's owner's net worth is three hundred and twenty billion dollars. My God! Oh my! <laughs> like, um, I mean, there's a lot of ways to feel about this. Um, uh, is that dollars or pounds? Is there? I think it's pounds. Oh, it might be pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Either way, <laughs> you know, it's still a <laughs> big number. number. At that point, the numbers at that point they don't mean anything yeah, to they, me. Yeah. You, put, you give me, you offer me three hundred and twenty billion dollars or three hundred twenty billion pounds. They're the exact same thing to me. Yeah. The foreign exchange rate does not matter anymore. I mean, I'm sure you guys seen all the videos on social media of Newcastle fans partying in the streets, super happy. Like, um, on one hand, on one hand, like I understand the happiness because Mike yeah, actually was, was awful, awful for the awful. club. He drained every ounce of positivity never spent from any that money. club and from that fan base for the last what fifteen years or whatever it is that he owned them. But then you look at the Who's, let's put it 
kindly the checkered moral history of um, Mohammed bin Salman and this Saudi Arabian regime. And it's just, you know, I mean, like, I, I'm not a Newcastle fan. I can't obviously speak on their behalf, but I... You know what? It's, what's what's crazy? What I it's, what I hate the it's most? It's angry. It's upsetting. It's no. It's upsetting. It's even more upsetting that you know the reason for this. Um, like I remember, they were they wanted to buy it. Was it last year? They wanted to buy it as well. I think right, and it was kind of blocked. Um, yeah. And you know, you know, me thinking it was because oh, these guys you know have this history of human rights violations and all that. But no, it was more of a issue with broadcasting. I believe that's why they were blocking the um, the sale. That's yeah, even more yeah. depressing. The, the entire issue was because um, BN Sports over in Qatar, which has the Premier League rights there, was being illegally broadcast in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And the Saudi government was doing nothing to stop it. Um, but- now they're going to do something to stop it. They agreed to um, stop, uh, to like... Um, cut off those um, pirated streams so now the deal can go ahead all of a sudden uh, it's just yeah I don't I mean this is the this is the state of football in 2021 yeah. this is the state of the Premier League in 2021 it's all about the money yeah the fit person's fit person's test doesn't doesn't look at your morals that's not important what's important is the health of the football club in a sense in terms of the, the well the financial health of the football club when you're looking to to take over the ownership of a club and listen they are comfortably they com- <laughs> they comfortably have the means to support Newcastle United so yeah i i honestly don't know how to feel about this in a way because it's i mean my club is owned by a billionaire um Stan Kroenke uh 8 million net worth not exactly 320, but it's not peanuts. And uh, well, we're sponsored by the Emirates. Like it says, fly it. Well, fly always. Now it's not fly Emirates anymore. But yeah, you look all over the all over the world. Everyone seems to. All the big clubs seems to, in one way or another, be benefiting from somebody who. You could question the morals of, I mean, Roman Abramovich. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, exactly. I've listened yeah. to no, right. I've listened Look. to so many podcasts where <laughs> they've been sent letters <laughs> for speaking up about Roman Abramovich. He's yeah, it's just look, <sighs> Tommy. Uh, when we when the news first broke. You asked the question, right? Like, um, what does this mean for the future of Premier yeah. League football? Yeah. And it's, I mean, not to th- the truth really is that nothing has really changed. There's just another player now on the board. Um, Newcastle United will probably be a Champions League club in the next five to six years. You'd imagine. Oh, um, I would think almost even sooner. Well, no, it's going to be fun to see them as the richest club in the championship first. <laughs> God, it would be so funny if they went down. Oh, yeah. I, I well, mean, they're they're going to sack Steve Bruce for sure. Yeah. I mean, if they haven't already. Yeah. They, uh, I don't think any news is broken yet. No, 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 not yet. But no, there, not there, yet. Are, but there are rumors, there are rumors that he might yeah. get sacked before to, the weekend. To me, it's, oh, yeah, go on, Tony, go. 
No, um, they're looking to bring in this director of football. I can't remember his name now. Um, uh, give me a second. I'll do a quick check. But just in general, owners, clubs like this who are usually taken over by um, these rich benefactors, they're also usually well run as well, which is, yeah, which is kind of depressing. I mean, well, that's the entire point of a of sports washing. Yeah. It wouldn't be... Um, poorly if you're running it poorly you're not doing a good job of sports washing yeah and i mean the big like you look at um how um muhammad bin salman has looked at um changing the image of saudi arabia you see um there's boxing fights held in saudi now there's um wwe shows held in saudi they're actively courting more international events yeah and this leads me to believe that WWE wrestlers will be playing for Newcastle United. <laughs> when are we going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin? Stone Cold Steve Austin, like dodgy neck, um, trotting out as manager. I want to see Steve Bruce replaced with The Rock. Um, bringing it back to football, it was Ralph Ragnick that uh, oh, okay. is being eyed as the sporting okay. director. Which you know what? That's a good. That's, that's a good a one. Really good appointment. Yeah. 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 Well, he in. was. He was with, uh, what was it, RB um, Leipzig. Leipzig, yeah, 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 and he did, he brought them up pretty good. Yeah, kind of, to me, it kind of, you know, with all the money in the Prem now, and you have these rich owners coming in, maybe the Prem is quickly, be- or slowly becoming the, um, a Super League, you know, <laughs> where they'll well, just, this know, is they'll have... This is why it came up. This is why all these guys are not going to want to spend invest in these football clubs and have the loon or the danger of relegation in there they're now not enough spots if Newcastle United realistically become a Champions League club someone's going to miss out on the Champions League yeah. and someone's not going to be happy you know mm-hmm. and the conversation it was really poorly um, launched but it's going to happen it's going to come again the Super League and yeah. when it does, I don't know what we're going to look at. I don't know what we're going to be looking at in terms of a football product. But, um, yeah, it's... I mean, what we do know is that Mike Ashley spent nothing in, let's say, the last three years. I, I mean, in terms of investing in that club and buying players. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of, um, you know, I know financial fair play is pretty much a farce at this point. But you know it's based on your your profit and loss. Like I think over the last two or three seasons, that sort of thing. Yeah. If Newcastle haven't spent anything, these guys are going to spend a lot this summer. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm just saying, everyone other than Alan Sam Maximan um, is in trouble. Yeah, I see all these players. They're like, <laughs> now we can move forward. Uh, our time is now, and I'm just like, no, Newcastle's time is now. You're on your way out. <laughs> Just like <laughs> everyone. It's so funny. I'm seeing Callum Wilson, Jamal Asaz. I'm just like, you're Look. not going to be here in two years. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've read, uh, you know, with, with the amount of money they have, you know, potentially, I've heard rumors of, you know, it's all rumors at this point, but, you know, someone like Conte, who is uh, looking for, he's free. And Con- he, he's, come on, Conte. You can't come on, Conte. You can't go to. You can't he, see he'll he'll have 
you know, pretty much an unlimited transfer budget. So no, the squad's he might too weak. be the squad's too weak. It is, it is. But if there's anyone that can take a weak squad and make them perform, I think it is Conte, right? You see, remember with Italy, um, what was it? The Euros a few no, years no. back. No, no, no. Conte is not. First of all, Conte... look, you don't need you don't need Angolo Conte if you have John oh. Joe Shelby. <laughs> Antonio Conte is, is not. One, yeah. yeah, he is not going to like. He wants to win the league. He's not interested in qualifying for the Champions League. He's not interested in qualifying for the Europa League. He just wants to win the league, right? So he's not going to take that project now, maybe in two years. But You know what? I fully just realized that um, while you guys were talking about Antonio Conte, I zoned out slightly, and I thought you were talking about Ingolo Conte. Oh, that wasn't a, that wasn't a joke then. <laughs> I didn't realize. Ing- I was just like, oh, I didn't realize Ingolo Conte's like contract was up at the end of the season see, or something. See, I like thought that. I thought Tony just kept going because it was a, a terrible joke, but no. <laughs> okay, this explains it. No, I fully, I fully just zoned out. I, I had to mute myself briefly to cough, and I came back. Didn't know what was happening. Oh man, this is okay. what happens when you record at well seven o'clock in the morning. But anyway, Tony, it is now eight thirty. Yeah, we don't, we, have have, we don't have excuses anymore. As far as I'm concerned, it's still six thirty. Like, yeah. <laughs> you've gone further back. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, Newcastle are the ones to watch. Um, I'm pretty sure the entire Premier League is gonna they're gonna absolutely want to smash them now until. Um, they're going to want to push them down to relegation. It wouldn't surprise me if opposing fans are they take like they take issue with this takeover. I mean, they don't really have any moral reason to, but when has that ever stopped football fans before? So, yeah, let's see F- if football New- fans historically have a wonderful moral compass. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once, they're all, once, they're all uh, yeah. Once Yeah, once um if there's any um you know, Newcastle fans that are probably like, oh, on the fence. I'm not going to say for everyone, but once your team starts winning, you kind of forget about all the other stuff and uh, you're, you're, you're content. So speaking from experience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, maybe we should move on then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, We're going to move on to a more serious topic now. Um, there was some news that broke recently in the National Women's Soccer League, or NWSL, um, about sexual misconduct allegations against uh, a number of figures in the league. There was actually a fantastic article in The Athletic, I believe. Uh, Tony, do you remember the author's name? Yeah, Meg uh, Linehan, I think, is the exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. Um, that... Uh, put into full detail um, the allegations from two former players against um, Paul Riley, who was, until uh, recently, the coach of the North Carolina Courage, and these allegations occurred um, earlier, uh, like five or six years ago, when he was coaching the Portland Thorns. Um, It depicted a pattern where... Riley was using his uh, position of power and his influence over these uh, young footballers to coerce them into sexual favors and to um, gaslight them and to make them feel like they were dependent on him. And since then, it has sort of pulled pulled the sort of 
cloak off on all the horrific things that have been going on in the NWSL and in women's football in general on the topic of sexual misconduct. And the players are stepping up and speaking out. And we feel like it's our job to help sort of boost what they're saying and help it reach viewers and listeners who may not have been paying attention to this story. Uh, Tony, do you want to take it away? Yeah, uh, to provide some uh, context, um, NWSL is the third installment of the um, women's of the professional women's league in um, in the United States. Uh, the previous ones, I want to say, was the Women's United Soccer Association and the Women's Professional Soccer League, I believe. On average. Uh, I think most of the players, or 75% of the players in the NWSL earn less than $31,000 a year, which is, I mean, that's below... It's well it's, it's well, well below the median income. Yeah, which is about 45000 for women in the, in the United States. So, yeah, the league is just finding its feet. It's only, I think it's about nine years old. It's nine seasons in. And um, because previous leagues have been cancelled, there's this protective bubble that they've tried to create around it. And unfortunately, while the clubs have been protected and the league's been protected, the players have kind of fallen on the wayside in terms of protection from the league and the appropriate organizations. I mean, I... I'm going to try and um, refrain from giving um, major opinions on this because I, I mean, I coach like at uh, youth levels, and I'm always happy when I see women coaching women's soccer for so many reasons. One, you're a role model for younger players, right? And um, you have shared experiences, and you, how I put it you have more of an understanding of what a player in a vulnerable position um, might feel, like a female player in a vulnerable position might feel. But, look, this whole... I mean, the the article that you mentioned earlier, it made for some really grim reading. I mean, Paul Riley had... It seemed he had um, a pattern of taking the players out and drinking excessively with the players. He he pretty much was dropping all boundaries that a coach like a coach player relationship should have. He was continuously commenting, like body shaming players. He was I mean, when it came to um the players in question, I don't think we've mentioned them, are um Sinad um Ferelli, I hope that's how we pronounce it, and um Milena Shim. Um now, Sinat Ferrelli, he she'd been playing under Paul Riley. Well, she played under Paul Riley for three different clubs: um, Philadelphia Independence, um, Long Island, which was a semi-professional club, and then the aforementioned Portland Thorns FC. So, and this wasn't a coincidence. Paul Riley had actively looked to move her around to make sure that she was always with him. So. He was in control of her career. That's what we're looking at here. And while that may not be 
unusual professionally if you have a player who really likes a coach it seems that this went beyond just liking the talent of the player and it just looked like he liked having control of this player and he exploited that control in pretty disgusting pretty disgusting manners to be honest and um uh Paul Riley uh not Paul Riley Ferrelli she did launch no I think it was Milena Shim who launched a complaint she was a rookie who um Riley did a f- um a favor for in terms of making sure she stayed in was it Portland that she was looking yeah, to stay she, she was uh she got drafted to Houston in an expansion draft yeah. but she wanted to stay in Portland when right and when Riley came in as manager um, he struck a deal with Houston to let her stay in Portland. Yeah, I think it, there was a trade to make sure that she stayed in Portland. And mm-hmm. in the end, it seemed like he tried to cash in on that favor. And um, yeah, he also he also looked to exploit um, Elena Shim, which, yeah, it's pretty despicable. What's... Um, what's- also horrendous about this is when Shim uh, did complain to the league and to the club um, she got nothing just a closed investigation just constant hand waving saying we're investigating this and then no real consequences for any of Riley's actions at the time Yeah, It's, it's only now six years on when all this has come back out that Riley was sacked from the North Carolina job he currently held or held until a couple of weeks ago. So I believe there was an internal investigation launched um, that saw Riley step down. But then he got uh, a, yeah, it, 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 it. He stepped down when his contract yeah, was up. And yeah, there was it, nothing made of um, no this man has been sacked yeah. because of the because of sexual misconduct allegations yeah or his actual conduct in the job it's just if we can let him go quietly we'll let him go quietly and then he's free to take another job in the league which he did uh, pretty much well really soon after right so yeah i know if you i mean i am subscribed to the athletic if you if anyone has a chance um to try and um, look out for that article because it's um, it's a really it's really well done. I was gonna say it's a good read. It's it's a difficult read, but it's a really it's a quality piece. You can see that a lot of work was done into making sure that um, the stories were fact checked, and um, a lot of players spoke out about um, different issues, but wanted to remain anonymous. Alex Morgan comes out really well in terms of providing leadership um, to these players and uh, supporting them. And um, after Milena, Shim, and Ferrelli, who, I mean, she ended up having, she ended up having some issues just in general that stem from this in terms of mental health issues. And she needed a break from the game and ultimately retired. They both retired quite early, actually, as players i mean i think shim is 28 right now and she's now in law school so they both seem to have bounced back well in terms of professionally um Ferrelli, i think she has her own business now which is good so 
between themselves and Alex Morgan, they launched another appeal um, providing evidence of, um, well, different accounts of what had happened with Riley. Um, and uh, they requested that the previous investigation be reopened. And this is where the commissioner um, for, for the league, uh, Lisa Baird, she does not come, she, yeah, she doesn't come off this looking looking good she tried to airbrush this a few times by just saying that the matter is being looked into and um will be basically saying it's an old investigation that's been closed so it can't be reopened yeah it along with their appeal there was uh, a request that the player handbook be modified well be changed to give protection to the actual players and there are now policies in place to protect players from sexual misconduct and um, from intimidation and power imbalance, which is great. That's a good thing that's come out of this. Why that wasn't there in the first place is beyond me, but at least that's being dealt with now. And um, yeah, ultimately, Lisa Bird, I, th- I think she had she ended up stepping down um, yep. just from the backlash from all of this. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I am glad that steps are being taken now to protect these players. Um, the I can't remember what match day was it. Match day, is it match day six? And it was last. I was. It was just a, a, a two weeks ago, I believe. All the NWSL uh, games were suspended. They didn't go ahead for that game week. Yeah, and then I believe last weekend, um, in the sixth minute of each game. Yeah. Um, all the players, the coaching staffs, um, everyone just came together in the center circle um, to sort of um, bring attention to the fact that it took six years to get even a small modicum of uh, justice on this matter. And it shouldn't take that long, no. especially not when the players were brave enough to lodge that complaint six years ago. Yeah. And they were brave enough once nothing was done, to come forward again now and lodge a second complaint against Riley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the FAWSL in um, the Women's Premier League, um, they also they also did the same in terms of um, raising awareness for the, for the issues that are going on in the NWSL. Um, handing, hand in arms, I think, almost every fixture in the last match, uh, the last round of fixtures, saw them do do the same gesture just to raise awareness. So um, that's great, great solidarity there. And um, I am hoping that there aren't similar issues in other leagues, but if there are, at least this players taking a stand like this shows that players have the power to make these changes and to, well to protect themselves if other people if the organizations aren't going to do their jobs properly and protect them so this i i think this should um spark a full review uh, of every league men's women's all of them absolutely. to make sure that players are protected yeah um from the power imbalance that naturally exists when you have um coaches and young players because these coaches basically control these players dreams yeah like any player that's at a youth level and breaking through in the league 
this is what they've been gearing their entire life towards and the uh, having one person there with the ability to control whether that dream lives or dies based on their decisions to play this player loan them out whatever that is something that needs to be kept in check so that people can't take advantage of that yeah we forget these athletes are young they're really young they're young men and women they're not mature physically and they're not mature mentally yet you know so when they have these figureheads ahead of them they have a huge responsibility to make sure that they are protecting these players, not just guiding them through careers, but also guiding them as people, you know? So, um, Tommy, I, I guess we've kind of gone no, through... No, guys, I, I think the, the plan was to, you know, let people know what's going on. Yeah. And I think you guys have done a great job. And just one thing I wanted to note is that you know, this has led, like, this story coming out has led to other things happening in the league. So, I think the head coach of Washington, his name was Richie Burke, he's been fired amid allegations of misconduct as well. Yeah. Um, uh, who was it? There's a team owner. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, um, let me see if I can... He resigned from his role as the CEO. Um, Deloy Hansen. Deloy Hansen. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was pressured into selling the Utah Royals after allegations of racist comments and uh, yeah. sexist culture. Yeah. And then there was the OL Reign coach uh, Farid Benstiti. He resigned, but this was I think this was back in July. Uh, there was, again, more alleged complaints and conducts from players on his behavior. So a lot of this is coming from the, that email uh, or the allegations from Fairley and Shim on Riley. But there seems to be that this may be a league-wide problem, not just from one coach, which is even more disturbing yeah. that it's coming from even more people. Um, so, And what's, what I find even more disturbing is they, players didn't have any protection in the legal work of this league, yeah. where there was no there was no like sexual harassment protocols, or there was nothing like this. They've only just put that in recently. To not have that, to not have player protection from when the league first starts, is just so horrendous and disturbing that you can even start a league without having player protection. Um, they were so worried about protecting the league from. I guess from folding because they. Ha- I guess this is the you said twenty the third w- national women's league yeah. um, in, in America. So I think they're so worried about protecting that that they for- almost forgot about the players or they didn't care or I don't know. Um, but it's definitely. I mean, this isn't just a problem we've, we're seeing in soccer, um, like gymnastics in mm-hmm. America had as mm-hmm. know, the same the same um, problems going on. Uh, so it's not just for soccer. It's uh, it's it's a problem that's been going on for a long time, and now that it seems people are you know coming out, they're not afraid to you know step out and and voice what's happening, which is the, obviously the first step, yeah. and then things are starting to get done. Um, late, definitely too late for. I know these players. Um, you know they have. They, you said Tony Shea, um, I forget which player you mentioned, but 
you know, suffered through, uh, you know, mental health problems. I think she collapsed on the pitch she at did, one point. Yeah, I think it was for Yeah, Ferrelli, Ferrelli um, the yeah it was. Yeah, just, I think it was just from, like, you know, stress or, or whatever, like, all those, uh, all those issues. Um, yeah. And that's, that's uh, super scary. Um, and, but it's good to know that both players now, um, are in a better place, I believe. Uh, Hopefully, trying to think, was it Ferrelli is doing um, San, or law school? Uh, no, believe, that or is that, um, that's that's uh, Shim. Shim, 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 Shim is doing law school, which is which yeah. is fantastic. Um, so they definitely seem like they're in a better place now. Um, yeah, honestly, I didn't know anything about this story. Uh, I would say two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like just kind of absorbing this and learning all this is definitely, um, you know, eye opening. And anyway, yeah. I can, I'm a coach myself too. And I, you know, players look up to you. Yeah. They, they see you as a role model and just have a coach hear about a coach like this, just have come know how to completely manipulate players and control them and get them to do whatever he wants especially in like a professional level where players know that their playing time is all tied to the coach. Everything they do, decisions based on them. So they want to, you know, do things to, you know, in terms of their play, they want to play, right? So it's like, oh, we got to, you know, impress the coach or this sort of thing. And he knows that. And to be able to play that, oh, it's just, it's so disturbing um, to read upon. Um, yeah. Awful story. The I think one of the best things we can do is also um, link that athletic article in the description of this podcast once it gets posted. And um, um, if you can, I highly suggest everyone to read it. The some of the details are extremely um, disturbing, so there is a bit of a content warning on that for stuff of that nature. But you know, this is this is basically what goes on in the world of sport. And yeah, knowing about it is the first step to um, a greater public action against it. Because yes, the players can step up, but it's also uh, up to the rest of us to um, make sure that we're aware and we're speaking out against it as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll drop the. I think there might be two. There's a more detailed one that um, mm-hmm. is in the subscription, and I think there's the free to read version. So um, yeah, we'll 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 drop both of them yeah. into the description of this podcast, and I believe with that, um, that is everything we have time for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at four four took and uh, thank you for joining me, Tommy. Cheers, guys. Thank you for joining me, Tony. Yeah, uh, pleasure as always, sir. And finally, let you get back to bed. Had <laughs> <laughs> a full cup of coffee, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>